Join Dr. Robert McGoring for Outliving Cancer, the podcast that provides each patient the tools and information they need to outlive their cancer. Hello, I'm Robert Nagorney, and this is Outliving Cancer. Today I'm going to be speaking about the influence of age on cancer therapy. I'll be discussing some very interesting cases that represent the ability to treat cancer patients regardless of their age. But I'd like to start off by just examining the process of aging. We now know that age as it is described, can really represent different phenomena. There is chronological age, which is what we usually measure. That's the number of years you've lived. And there's also physiologic age. Now, chronological age is numeric. You're 60, you're 70, you're 80. And for most of us, when you're 60, you're not as vigorous as when you're 40. But there is a small percentage of people who are really very vigorous into their 70s, 80s, and beyond. And as we go on, we have to examine medical care, and particularly cancer medicine, because we know that cancer is a disease of the aging. As we age, we have a much higher incidence of cancer. And it is said that if you live long enough, everyone will get cancer. Now today, there is something called the metrology of aging. Metrology just means the science of measurement. And in that regard, we begin to look at age beyond the chronologic age as the physiologic age, and we use biomarkers. So there's an entire field that is now examining at an objective, quantifiable level how old you are. For example, there are biomarkers such as telomere length. The telomere is little fragments of your DNA that the very end, excuse me, at the very end of your uh, DNA structures, And as we go through cell divisions, these telomeres shorten. But there are other physiologic stresses that can result in telomere shortening. It's thought that emotional stress and physical stress can result in telomere shortening. And when the telomeres get to a certain length, the cells no longer divide. So it's a kind of governor on cellular division. And this was actually originally worked on many, many years ago by a fellow named Hayfleck, who showed that these telomere lengths uh, were very determinative of how many cell divisions were left in a cell. There are other studies, um, one of which is uh, genomic analysis of uh, those phenomena that occur with aging, looking at uh, mutations, uh, splice variants, uh, different uh, changes that occur. And then there is a final level of assessment of uh, biological function. Those are DNA methylations, and that is how you regulate and utilize DNA governed by methylation patterns, either methylation of the DNA itself or the placement of methyl groups on histone proteins. And these are, these are regulatory uh, phenomena that keep genes in check. So when we confront cancer patients, when I treat a cancer patient, I'm always cognizant of their age. You know, is this an elderly person? But I'm also very cognizant of their physiologic age. Are they spry? Are they vigorous? Are they uh, clear thinking? Uh, Do they um, have uh, relatively good biological measures of blood pressure and cardiac health? And if they are, if they are in pretty good health, then those people are much more likely to tolerate treatment. And then the question becomes, 
are they likely to respond to treatment? So there are really two sides to this coin. A, can you take it? And B, would you get better? And no one ever really scientifically examined that question. There's never really been an assessment to determine whether people get better uh, when they're older as opposed to people getting better with cancer treatments when they're, when they're younger. What's the comparison between a 40-year-old person getting treated for a disease and a 60- or 70- or 80-year-old person? So I was approached some years ago by one of my colleagues, William Lyons, a very nice medical oncologist and hematologist who I'd known for many years. And William was interested in gerontology. You know, how does aging affect our physiology? How does aging affect our capacity to take treatments? And so he approached me and said, do people who are older have the same responsiveness to chemotherapy that people who are younger would have? Is, it, is there a difference? Is there a breakpoint where the old people don't respond as well? And of course, we know that toxicities and other issues would come to play. But the question is, how does age affect drug responsiveness or drug sensitivity? So in collaboration with William Lyons, he was on his way to France for a uh, gerontology meeting. And there was a whole movement afoot at the time, uh, largely driven by European investigators, that was looking at the effect of age on cancer therapy and cancer treatment outcomes. And so William asked me if he might uh, be able to present some of this data at a meeting, and we crafted a presentation for him. The presentation, does the age of the patient influence their response to chemotherapy? Kind of an interesting question. So we set about looking uh, at the age of the patients whose tissues we were studying. Now remember that my work is in tissue culture. I get a biopsy of a patient, a surgical specimen. It's submitted to our laboratory in a sterile condition. We disaggregate the cancer cells and expose them to drugs. We pick the best drugs or combinations or sequences, and then we recommend treatments for the physicians. So the Nagorno Cancer Institute specializes in drug selection. That's really our niche, our expertise. And that capacity is a really interesting and unique opportunity to study many questions. It's like, it's like being in a scientific playground and being able to go on any ride you want. Because I can test any hypothesis. I can say, does drug A work better than drug B? Or does drug A work better when it's combined with drug B? Or does drug A work better if drug B is given first? And we can do that sort of thing in any capacity. So this was a question that I'd never really pondered. And the question was, does the age of the patient when they submit the tissue affect the sensitivity? So we took uh, a review, we did a little analysis of our data, and we took 293 previously untreated individuals, 72 lung cancers, 118 breast cancers, 26 colon cancers, 65 ovarian cancers, and 12 patients with leukemia. And we looked at their sensitivity to the drugs that are used in this setting. We looked at adriamycin in breast cancer and 5-fluorouracil in colon cancer and cisplatin in lung cancer. And we then took the groups of the patients for the different drugs of interest, and we compared people by age. And we did it two different ways. We looked at the concentrations of the drugs, the amount it takes to kill their cells, and compared it directly with age, like a, what's called a continuous variable. So more or less sensitive against older or younger age year by year by year. And then we did a second analysis where we took the degree of drug activity and compared it with people and we split them at what's called the median. Now the median is, is a mathematical term. 
that defines people above or below the the point, the break point. So when you look at a median age, you're looking at how many people are younger than that age and how many people are older than that age. So in this regard, the two analyses were just drug sensitivity versus year of age. And the second was people above and below the median versus drug activity above and below the median. And we compared them. And it turned out that there was no difference. For the most part, the drugs worked the same if you got cancer when you were 40 or 70. The same thing was true for lung with platinum and uh, chronic lymphocytic leukemia with dexamethasone. And the one that was different on was interesting, was colon cancer. That was the only place we found any difference at all. And in the colon cancer patients, it seemed that the drug that's most widely used in that disease, 5-fluorouracil, 5-FU, was just a little more active in younger people. Not quite sure what that meant. It, it may be that older people accumulate more mutations. Uh, there may be other reasons. Actually, it was a rather small sample size. But it did seem to be one trend that we identified. So with the exception of that, in every other disease, for every other drug, the age of the individual didn't seem to affect it. So then the question becomes, how should we approach older patients? What do we do if we confront a patient who is 80 or 90, who has cancer? Do we say, well, you're not treatable because you're 80 or 90 or however old? Or do we, or do we say, well, given your relative likelihood of benefit from the treatment, should we not approach people as physiologic age? Should we not make the determinations of whether or not someone should get life-saving therapy, not depending on how many years of life they may or may not have, but whether they are of a young enough body, physiologic well-being, physical stamina, to take the treatment? And then allow people, no matter how many years, whatever their chronologic age, allow people of a given physiologic age to take treatment. So the chance to treat patients based on their physiologic age enabled me, over time, to begin to assemble patients who were uh, quite uh, old at the time of presentation who did extremely well. And what, what we wanted to find out was Will patients who are otherwise reasonably uh, physically fit, even if they're 90, even if they're 90 years old, could these people respond to chemotherapy and do as well and have the same kind of benefit that their younger counterparts have? And in the second part of this, I would like to look at some very interesting examples of precisely that phenomenon that you can treat patients regardless of age, at least chronologic age, predicated on their physiologic age, and more importantly, predicated on our rather unique understanding that the ability of chemotherapies to work for patients, the capacity of drugs to induce remissions, are shared equally by people who were older or younger. And as such, older patients of adequate physiologic age should be given the opportunity to take treatment. Now, I must admit that I do have the one luxury of being able to choose my treatments before I give them. So you could, answer, you could suggest that I am perhaps uh, doing a little better with these older patients because I don't give people drugs that don't work. I try to avoid inactive drugs and only use active drugs. And we've shown before that we can about double 
objective responses and improve one-year survival by doing that. And in an older person where the toxicities could be concerning, our capacity to select amongst drugs and combinations is, is particularly important. So the, the, the next section uh, segment of this is going to be some very interesting cases regarding people whose outcome were predicated on my willingness to treat them and my capacity to identify active drugs that turned out to be uniquely effective and provided prolonged survivals. <laughs> 